Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. As we've hinted at earlier, and as a lot of you have seen on social media and just the news everywhere, it's race weekend in Formula One. More specifically, it's one of the most famous Grand Prix, Monaco. The Monaco Grand Prix is one of the most historic venues in all of motorsport, ranking up there with Le Mans and the Indianapolis International Speedway, home to the Indy 500. These three races, Le Mans referring to of course the 24 hours of Le Mans, make up the historic triple crown of motorsport. Monaco blends all the high-end glitz and glamour of Formula One with the city of luxury and some absolutely gorgeous scenery. Oh, and lots of mega yachts, of course, right? For this episode of GeForce, though, we're going to dive into some of the history of the Monaco Grand Prix, followed by some analysis of the track and a breakdown of all the corners, because it's a quite unique and pretty memorable experience looking at this track. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with some notes from yesterday's practice session, as well as predictions for this race weekend. The Monaco Grand Prix has been held in some shape or form since 1929 for pretty much every single year. There are some exceptions, and the key ones that come to mind are the period during World War II, and then last year with COVID. There were a few other spot gaps also in the 40s and 50s, but these are the only times the Monaco Grand Prix has not been held since 1929. It has some not-so-humble beginnings, the race being the brainchild of the Automobile Club de Monaco, basically a car owners club for Monegascans in the 1920s. Long story short, some rich dudes, as Monaco is and was, Full of them, wanted to race their cars against each other, so they closed off some sections of the actual public roads to create a track. To be more accurate though, the group originally created a road rally that took place from every year from 1911 up to 1928, and in 1928 this road rally which was taking place in the French Riviera and ending in Monaco was the event that the club had submitted to the International Automobile Motorsport body at the time to recognize as an official sanctioned race. When this road rally was rejected by that international motorsport body, the event's runners decided that they should try in 1929 with a new event, and they actually formed a full racetrack and not just a rally stage. So that's the actual story of the Monaco GP. Fun fact, that Monte Carlo rally from 1928, which was also again started in 1911, has more or less been continuously run too, up to this day, with those same exceptions as the Monaco Grand Prix. So let's jump into some track talk now. Yes, it actually takes place on the public roads. No, F1 cars are not weaving in and out of slower moving traffic. Unless, of course, you count the Haas cars as traffic. 
but the streets are open to the public outside of the race itself. So you can go out and actually hit those same apexes, but only within the road laws. Most of the track layout lies within the Monte Carlo area of Monaco. So people sometimes refer to the event as Monte Carlo. The track starts on a street surrounded by buildings before entering a tight turn one. This leads to one of the longest straights on the track, an uphill section that has buildings on one side and essentially a cliff on the other. There's a slight kink on this straight that actually is a turn because it can upset the car's weight balance. And this is then followed by another turn. Oh, I forgot to mention, because the track is on public streets, there is very little to no runoff space, with really only turn one having some space for that. This makes driving precision especially critical on this track. Anyway, at turn four, the cars pass through Casino Square. Yes, the Formula One cars race in front of Monaco's famous Monte Carlo Casino. Usually, there are a ton of expensive cars parked outside, but this weekend, the expensive cars are going to avoid getting parked up there. You know, if you get my drift. Anyway, this then leads to the slowest section of the track. Turn 5 leads into the Grand Hotel hairpin. This turn is so tight, and the street is so narrow, that cars get different steering racks just for Monaco to allow them to accommodate this super tight turn. This is also the slowest section of the track and this corner takes forever when you sit inside the cockpit view and look at the drivers going through there. I mean, I know it looks like forever for us in the audience, but it must feel like extra forever for the racing drivers themselves. Turn 7 and 8 then open up to the longest straight, which is actually a curved section of the road that runs right along the waterfront. And yes, it has a turn also, but F1 cars go flat out through this section on narrow street roads that run right next to the water. Oh, and there's a tunnel too at the sharpest part of this track, which makes up turn 9. This section is absolutely mad. And then it leads into a very slow chicane. So this whole section becomes the best opportunity to overtake a driver by outbreaking them. Or to crash into them. Hopefully not as much that one. We've seen a lot of both over the years though. From this point on, the cars run right along the waterfront. This works out well for the uber-rich, who park up their mega-yachts to watch the race in as opulent of a way as possible. At turn 17, Raskas, well this is a surprisingly sharp turn and it goes back now inland for the track, and it's known for its bar that makes up one part of the corner itself. Yep, that's right, people are going to be sitting at a bar, enjoying the race, and essentially acting as the inside part of a turn. Well, from there, this leads into turn 18 and the slight kink making turn 19, and that opens up to the start-finish straight. That's one lap of the Monaco Grand Prix. 
And as you can see, Monaco is an insane track. It's always exciting watching cars going upwards of 190 miles per hour through these tight European streets and exemplifies the courage and grit needed to race at the top of the motorsport. But the tight track also has some drawbacks, mainly passing, or the lack of it. There are only really two to three opportunities to overtake on the track when cars are going all out, and each of these areas are a high-risk pass. Thus, qualifying on pole position is especially critical for Monaco. Speaking of qualification, we get to look forward to that tomorrow. But instead of having a practice session today, we had one yesterday. The tradition at Monaco since 1929 has been to treat Friday as a rest day, reserved for what used to be a big feast for the drivers. It's an antiquated tradition, but it means we can discuss some of the highlights from the practice sessions yesterday. First up, some of the crashes and incidents. Two veteran drivers, Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen, got caught out on that first turn and locked up their brakes during their practice sessions, both going straight into that safety area. Again, this is the only turn that has some proper runoff area, so I guess they kind of lucked out? Anyway, Alonso's luck also was not so great earlier on his practice session when he clipped his front wing on the wall leading into turn 19. Another car that hit the wall was Mick Schumacher's Haas, who lost the back end of grip coming into turn 3. That's after that fast uphill straight. Yeah, lost the back end a little bit, slid into the wall a little bit. That just shows how tight Monaco is. However, one of the most notable incidents, it happened to the Monegasque driver, Charles Leclerc. His Ferrari was looking real sharp at the beginning of practice and actually briefly topped the board in terms of times. But then, gearbox issues. And that forced an early end to his practice. At the end of practice, the fastest drivers from first down were Sergio Perez, Carlos Sanz, Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, and Lewis Hamilton. Now practice does not directly correlate to any results on Sunday's race, and also for Saturday's qualification, but it's still a good indicator for how comfortable drivers are getting with this unique track. So what should you watch for? First up, if you can tune in on Saturday, quality should be really exciting and full of action. The pressure will be on for drivers to show their precision and trying to get that pole position. And then of course, there's Sunday's race. I'm not expecting a lot of overtaking, but the big thing is to see how many crashes happen and how the slower cars impact the progress for the faster ones on later laps. The last two winners of the Monaco Grand Prix were Daniel Ricciardo in 2018, back when he was with Red Bull, and Lewis Hamilton in 2019. Hamilton actually has a chance of tying Ayrton Senna's record 8 podiums at Monaco if he can finish 3rd or better. The same also applies to Aston Martin's Sebastian Vettel. However, both are pretty far off from Senna's record for most wins at Monaco. 
three for Lewis, two for Seb, and six for Senna. Who do you think can win this weekend? If Leclerc can avoid car troubles in quality and on Sunday, he could very well take the checkered flag at his home race. But aside from that, let us know on Twitter and on Instagram who you think will win the Monaco Grand Prix. And make sure to use the hashtag GeForcePodcast. Podcast.